Father, we are grateful. Please pray for David. Uh, Father, lift him up to you. Draw him to your healing. That whatever this nastiness that's invaded his body would, would go away. That he would find rest. Uh, thank you for this time that we can joyously share this story in your name. Amen. I love the season of Christmas. The holidays seem to have a rhythm all their own. The characters of the stories, though many of them embellished with pageants and uh, Christmas carols, they make cameo appearances, and today we talk about the Magi, the wise guys. Not really sure where they're from, not really sure how many of them there are. They saw a star that for them was in the west. If it was a star in the east for them, they would have been standing in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea and that would not have worked out well. So they traveled somewhere from east to west, Persia, Parthia, Babylon, somewhere over there. Likely they were astrologers. The star plays an important part in this drama as we've already seen. The Magi were perhaps influenced by stories they'd heard. Maybe they did the math on Daniel's prophecy. Maybe they heard of a scrap of scripture that Balaam would have given them, Numbers 24. We really don't know. We know about their gifts. We know that they worshiped. And we know that only Matthew felt like this was an important story for us to hear. So let me go back over a couple of the verses that we read just a minute ago. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now we don't know how long afterwards, but afterwards. They said, the Magi arrived, they said, where is this king of the Jews? Which was a little bit of an inflammatory phrase for Herod. And that explains verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. He thought he was the king of the Jews. And then he gives us this phrase that probably translates best when mama ain't happy nobody's happy says he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him which means that he killed people because he was troubled so we get that so the story takes place after Jesus's birth don't know how long after Jesus's birth the word that's used here is is the word for child not necessarily for infant we know that he had moved to a house not the stable, and we know that he had already gone through the rite of purification at the temple. So somewhere between a month and a couple of years, this story takes place. The men from the east came to worship. The joy of rejoicing and worship, I, I would again point your attention. Verse 9 says, after hearing this, by the way, in Matthew 2, in case you haven't found us yet, after hearing the king, they went their way, and when they, uh, they stood over the place where the child was, verse 10, they saw a star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And the repetition is very intentional. There was lots and lots of joy. So what they understood was that Christ had come and that he was somehow going to be the fulfillment of all of the stuff that they had heard about. One of the oldest but more familiar of the carols is the eerie and beautiful O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The writer of this lyric understood the awakening joy of the Magi. Listen to some of these lyrics. And ransom captive Israel. 
Ransom captive is not a compound verb. They ransomed the captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Five words. Five words to guide us through this text this morning. The first you've probably already figured out, the, the word will be revelation. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. God revealed himself to us. He, he showed himself. He flung a special star into space. Now, some would say that that was a planetary anomaly. Okay, God's in charge of that too. But whatever it was, there was a mysterious and unknown star that revealed perhaps the prophecies that these magi, these astrologers, were familiar with. They they got it. And so they set out on the journey. The second word that I want to deal with is the word we just heard in the song, ransomed. The idea of ransomed is that someone is held against their will and something has to be done in order to free them, to pay for their release. Whether on our part, it's lack of knowledge or lack of direction or lack of obedience or whatever it is, the scripture says that we are held captive by our sin and a a payment has to be made. So the minor key of the song that we just heard reminds us of the seriousness of that condition. That's that's not a joyful song. We, We need someone to come and pay our ransom. We need someone to come and secure our freedom. Messiah has come. I don't know why Herod was so terrified of this truth. I don't know why he didn't see it as good news. If you look into Herod's background, he was part Jew, part something else. And he tried to walk a line between pleasing the Romans and pleasing the Jews and mostly pleasing himself. He slaughtered his own family that he thought might threaten his position as king of the Jews. And so when he heard these words, he heard it as anything but someone who had come to free him. He went to great lengths to make sure that King Jesus never grew up. He he had an order issued that all babies under the age of two in this whole region would be slaughtered. The Magi, on the other hand, went to great lengths to find him. They followed the star with exceedingly joyfully great, joyfully great joy. They wanted to find him. And they were helped considerably by the star. And I'm going, couldn't Herod see the star? Star, what? Couldn't Couldn't he just follow the star for himself to find Jesus? Or had his sin and greed so blinded him that he couldn't even see that sometimes I'm aware that our own choices our own decisions our own uh, uh, bad wanderings through life prevent us from seeing something that should be so evident it's been revealed a ransom has been paid Jesus has come and the truth will make us free we will be free indeed we are free to rest in the tender care of the one who once slept in a manger So despite the somewhat questionable assertion in that song that Jesus never cried like other infants when they are hungry, we still get the sense of peace. We still get the sense of rest. Third word I want to deal with is the word rest. Compare the restfulness 
of the Magi when they saw the child and of the child himself with the restlessness of Herod. Verse 3, when Herod heard this, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem. And that began this frantic gathering together, all of the chiefs and priests and and scribes. He inquired, where was the Messiah born? They said, in Bethlehem of Judea. They cited the prophecy, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. In verse 7, Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time that the star appeared and he sent to Bethlehem and he said you sent them to Bethlehem and said go search carefully for the child and when you have found them report to me everybody get your air quotes ready so that I may worship him too he didn't want to worship him he wanted to kill him there was a sense of of restlessness about him there was a sense of a of a troubled spirit Isn't worship a place where we should rest? Isn't worship a place where we would be able to come into this place? The the magi, the the astronomers, the the advice seekers and givers, the the, the people who understood the heavens, they they were, were, were profoundly curious about this mysterious star. And they were informed somewhat by the prophecies that they had heard, but they were comforted by the rest that they observed in this promised child. Shouldn't we rest when we come into this place? Shouldn't we take a break from the, the, the no-margins lifestyle and the, the frenzied emails and voicemails and texting? Shouldn't this be a place where we rest in the songs and we rest in the scriptures and we rest in the fellowship that is each other? If you have come into this place and this is not the normal place that you spend this hour on Sunday morning, I hope you feel that. I hope you feel a sense of rest and a, a sense of you're, you're in a good place. You're in a place where we will talk about one. We will sing about one. We will pray to one who can answer you. So we gather to sing the songs of faith, to study the scriptures, to pray with our small groups. We hear words that both provoke and comfort us, but these words sing of one who has come and who will come. Jesus described himself in Revelation 22, the very last chapter in the Bible. He says, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to render to every man, every woman, according to what they've done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then he says, I, Jesus, has sent my angel to testify of these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Okay, my next word may surprise you. In staying with the R's, let's go with, wait for it, Regift. How many of you know what regift means? Don't look so self-righteous. You've done it. <laughs> That's where you get a present for Christmas and you've decided it's not something you need, but it fits the need to give someone else a present, and so you regift it. Well, the Magi are known for the gifts that they brought. And their gifts were probably pretty valuable. I read in the newspaper this week that the actual cost of the 
12 days of Christmas list, the items from a partridge in a pear tree all the way up to whatever 12 was, the actual cost adjusted for inflation is now well over $100,000. Anybody want to guess what the most expensive item is? That would be the ladies dancing. Now, I'm not going to provide commentary there. I'm just, I just read the news. We know that regifting is the act of taking something someone has given us and then giving it to someone else. Isn't that what evangelism is? Isn't that what the message of Christmas is? It's taking the story that we have heard and, and being able to tell it to others. Isaiah's prophecy describing Jerusalem's glorious restoration. Isaiah 60. He talks of kings who will come and bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. They don't just bring gifts, they re-gift. So Matthew does not give us the names or the the actual number, we, we surmise there were three kings of Orient are because there are three gifts that are identified. And it makes a good song. So they brought gifts that are ripe with meaning, gold that represented his kingship, frankincense which represented his priestly role, and myrrh which would be an embalming spice that would look forward to his burial, his death, his burial, his resurrection. So the story of Christmas, the singing of all these songs, the pause here to worship and rest, it's an opportunity for us to re-gift as we go from here. We have an opportunity during this season when our friends and neighbors, perhaps they're thinking along these lines. So Jesus' presence is constant, and it's available, but it must be sought out. It's true for believers today as it was for the Magi, through his Holy Spirit, he draws near to those who would draw near to him. And he promises that he will be found by those who seek him. Respond. The word respond. The story tells us that the Magi came. Herod tried to get them to rat out the Messiah. But they left by a different way. The very last verse in the story that we read having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left their own country, for their own country by another way. This past week in chapel at the seminary, Dr. Mark Tolbert gave a twist on this line that I'd not heard before. I'd not really thought about it before, and it was fascinating to me. And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So the question and the, the thing that Dr. Tolbert made me think about, did they go a different did they go back a different way or did they go back different? It is said that of worship in, in Hebrew that they would come in the temple by one way and go out the temple by another way. And that there was a, a sense that when you encounter the Christ child, you can't be the same. And so I'm going to go ahead and co-opt that idea that not only did they go home a different way, they went home different. Because they had fallen at the feet of the Christ child and worshipped. Perhaps you have 
had a revelation today. Maybe you've been ransomed and you realize it for the first time. Maybe you have found rest in the Christ child. Maybe you are ready to re-gift this message. But certainly we cannot leave here without a response. I wonder if maybe some of you might indicate your response to this message by saying, I want to be a part of this story. I may not understand all of it, but I understand that these magi were people who didn't know about Christ until they saw him. They'd maybe heard some things about him. And then when they encountered him face to face, they understood that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him, whoever would embrace him, would not perish, but have an everlasting life. I'm going to ask our uh, ministers to come forward, and in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand, and, and if you would respond to this whole message, the words of the songs, the words of the scripture, and you would say, I want to begin that story. I want that, I want that relationship. I want to come worship the king just like the Magi did. And I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what the story is. These men and women will help you with that. So would you stand as we worship together, as we sing, as we have this time that we call an invitation. If you would like to respond, then come see one of these people at front. Or in your bulletin, there's a tab, and you can fill that out as well. You come as God leads. Respond. The word respond. The story tells us that the Magi came. Herod tried to get them to rat out the Messiah, but they left by a different way. The very last verse in the story that we read, having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left their own country, for their own country by another way. This past week in chapel at the seminary, Dr. Mark Tolbert gave a twist on this line that I'd not heard before. I'd not really thought about it before, and it was fascinating to me. And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So the question and the, the thing that Dr. Tolbert made me think about, did they go a different did they go back a different way or did they go back different? It is said that of worship in, in Hebrew that they would come in the temple by one way and go out the temple by another way. And that there was a, a sense that when you encounter the Christ child, you can't be the same. And so I'm going to go ahead and co-opt that idea that not only did they go home a different way, they went home different. Because they had fallen at the feet of the Christ child and worshipped. Perhaps you have had a revelation today. Maybe you've been ransomed and you realize it for the first time maybe you have found rest in the Christ child maybe you are ready to re-gift this message but certainly we cannot leave here without a response I wonder if maybe some of you might indicate your response to this message by saying I want to be a part of this story I may not understand all of it but I understand that these magi were people who didn't know about Christ until they saw him. They'd maybe heard some things about him. 
And then when they encountered him face to face, they understood that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him, whoever would embrace him, would not perish, but have an everlasting life. I'm going to ask our uh, ministers to come forward, and in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand, and, and if you would respond to this whole message, the words of the songs, the words of the scripture, and you would say, I want to begin that story. I want that, I want that relationship. I want to come worship the king just like the Magi did. And I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what the story is. These men and women will help you with that. So would you stand as we worship together, as we sing, as we have this time that we call an invitation. If you would like to respond, then come see one of these people at front. Or in your bulletin, there's a tab. And you can fill that out as well. You come as God leads.